0: Film reviews and movie news
1: with Stuart Pink and Mark Seaby.
0: Yes, it is. It's film reviews and movie news with me, Stuart Pink, and some say that with the right combination of essential oils, he can read minds. It's
1: Mark Seaby. What are those essential oils, though? That's the. I mean, like, I I literally know hardly any essential oils. I hardly well, know any oils apart from sunflower and olive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rub them on your face before you go. Yeah, back exactly. To <laughs> but, yeah, I do I do uh, Sunflower I don't. oil.
1: It's it's not my cod liver oil, is that? Oh, cod liver. One? Oh, right. Okay. What do you, you eat that, to... one? You that one? I think you eat that one,
0: don't you? No, I think so. Um, yeah.
1: See, so, so look, I'm. Yeah. this is out of my area of expertise. I'll be honest. It's What's not... the
0: one you thin the paint with? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. This <laughs> yeah,
1: is my expertise are movies, not oils. You know, there are far more intelligent people <laughs> out there who are burning cod liver yeah. oil or something. No, wait, that's me.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. See you could you could read more minds if you remember If I did more is what you're saying. Was. What you're
1: saying is if I understood oils more I could ultimately become Professor Xavier or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. that is it. You could lift yourself up in your chair at the cinema.
1: Right. Okay. In which case I might have to start doing this. I think uh, I, I think
0: I'd be uh, quite a good submission for 2022 <laughs> Take some oil to the next film you watch to
1: um Get some knowledge on or essential oils and see if I can uh, start to read people's minds because of it. I think I'm just going to end up essential. in the cinema smelling of very different combinations.
0: Yeah, who's who's brought a chippy in with him?
1: Yes, that's more like <laughs> that's more like it. That's more like it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mark, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. Um, we touched on it vaguely last week when I said to you that. Uh, we're now in awards season, basically. And we, you know, we did a couple of movies last year uh, in December that, um, uh, well, and going back to October as well, thinking about Dune, that uh, I said, you know, we're going to be looking at movies that are going to feature heavily in awards. Um, it through either winning or just being nominated. Well, now, obviously, we're into the hugely big dedicated season, January and February, mainly. So we're going to have a lot of awards-worthy movies. Um, so, you nice. know, last week's Hotel Transylvania was a slight outlier than, um, <laughs> than <what laughs> I we'll thought we'll that was doing.
0: like guaranteed that was it film, was it right? yeah That's, yeah yeah so no the we're in play.
1: award season now basically <laughs> so we're in the, the big award season um, oh, obviously losing up to serious. BAFTAs and Oscars as well um, in a couple of mm-hmm. months as well so, so yeah so I, I think we should talk about the first film which clearly I mean I saw this last year and since then since I saw this this has been picking up So much love and so many nominations at awards and everything else like that, that um, I think this could be a front runner, to be honest with you, by the time we get around to the Oscars. And that is the new film from Kenneth Branagh. It's called Belfast. And it is about uh, Buddy, who is a young boy, and his working class family. They're experiencing the rising troubles in Northern Ireland during the late 1960s.
0: Now, uh-huh. okay.
1: Yeah, I think this is a very personal film for Kenneth Branner. He's, he's directed it because I suspect mm. that Buddy is, in many ways, Kenneth Branner. So, you know, telling the story from the viewpoint of Buddy, who's a child rather than an adult, I think is a really interesting idea. And it, it works really well here because there's this. Carefree attitude—it's almost like you know an inquisitiveness um, that is untouched by adult livelihood just yet, because Buddy is still a child. You know, he's a funny guy; he's entertaining as well. He gets into minor bits of trouble, you know, like stealing from the local shop. And then, (laughs) when his sister looks (laughs) what is stolen, it turns out he's panicked and grabbed the only thing which he could get at that time, which was Turkish delight.
0: Oh. Yeah, Yeah, see, see, that's what his sister was
1: like. A Turkish, she was like, Turkish delight, really? Come on, there's so many better things to get to. So (laughs) you see, there's there's little, there's all of these little jokes. Um, Buddy's family are very loving as well. However, his dad, known as Pa, works across the water on a building site near London. And he only comes back every few weeks. So it's left to Ma to raise Buddy and his older brother. But then... Complications start to arise when tensions between the Protestants and the Catholics boil over, and their street is subjected to a harrowing onslaught. Now, this it, it used to be a very friendly street where everybody knew everybody. It's then besieged by destruction and, and almost death. Actually, um,
0: mm.
1: Par comes back, is told what's happened, wants to take his family for a new life in England or Australia but more worries that they won't know anybody there and also they're going to leave behind plenty of friends and family as well. So, you know, there's all of these conundrums going on in here. I think, you know, Belfast is the type of film that is actually quite an enjoyable romp for the most of its runtime because we're following Buddy. He's a cheeky young lad and you just can't help but enjoy his antics. I mean, it's a terrific yeah. performance from newcomer Jude Hill. I was really impressed, you know, considering that this is the character that is holding the entire film together and it's a big role it, yeah. it is it's not just a big role it's it's a lot to put on a child as well especially as a mm. newcomer that's the thing you know you think about the actors from something like stranger things you know they they're used to it now or something like that but when you have somebody like this and it's 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 not a comedy. It's not, well, it is a comedy, but you know, underneath everything, it's really not. I think this is serious subject. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's even more impressive that Jude Hill has has given a performance like this. I think this, this young man's got a big career ahead of him. I really do. Um, I I think the cast itself make this film because I thought Jamie Dornan as par banished all of those fifty shades, take your top off movies that he's made, um, with an absolutely emotional performance. I just thought he was brilliant in this. And he's got a great singing voice as well, because he does a song in it. Um brilliant. Uh he's got two shades, hasn't he? Jamie, he's he's got he's got, the, got more than that. Shades, now. Jamie. He's got a couple, which is great. Which is great. Um nice blaffy I apologize if I've got name wrong there as Mar I thought was utterly wonderful and incredibly heartbreaking at times I mean it's just oh dear what a performance fantastic but then you know the cast across the board are brilliant as well I just thought they were all fantastic in this movie I warmed to every single one of them apart from obviously the um the ones who were causing the conflicts I didn't like that I Bad think guys. the film yeah. yeah I think the film itself is brilliant across the board. You know, you've got the troubles that are constantly burning away in the background and an exploding interview every so often. Yet this film is about family and how important they are. And and, and also sometimes doing the most important thing for family means upsetting friends. And I think that's the thing. So this is why I'm saying, I think Kenneth Branagh has made Mm. a very personal film that is accessible to adults it's, it's easily accessible to all adults. It's filled with a lot of truth. It's filled with a heck of a lot of love and a lot of humour as well, which is strange to say considering the subject matter at the heart of it. Um, I yeah. came away from this movie very upbeat.
0: Nice. It's a PG-13, so following the, the story of Buddy, um... Could you always let kids watch this, even though the I, subject? I think, what it's about?
1: I I think it would be a tough watch for kids because of the history of it, because of the history of you know the troubles. Yeah. Um, you do need to know a bit about that, in context? and I mean it is explained in the movie, but it's heavy stuff. It's heavy going, and when it is explained, it's heavy going. So it is an adults-only film, I would say. But as I said, I came away. Not really thinking that. Oh, that's 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 tough going. You know, this, this is not gonna. This is going to appeal to a few people. I think it's going to appeal to a lot of people because when you watch it, you realize this is really fun. Not in a you know, there are laugh out loud moments, but in a way of it makes you smile. It makes you appreciate family and friends and and just small communities as well. I think that's the great thing about this
0: movie. Lovely. Another good one from Kenneth.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, look, I mean, let's be honest, you know, Kenneth Branagh's directing career has had more ups than downs, so you can't complain at that at all. And when you make a personal film, it can be very difficult to get it across how you want to get it across, but also make it accessible for anybody and everybody but I think he has done that with Belfast and that's why I'm saying it wouldn't surprise me if this is one of the front runners when it comes to award season
0: awesome has it won a CRB award (laughs) (laughs) I'm not
1: announcing those until the end of the year as we know
0: Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'll get my envelopes ready. Yes. <laughs> what else you got for us, Mark?
1: Uh So, uh, also in cinemas, Nightmare Alley. Uh, this is about an ambitious carnival worker with a talent for manipulating people with a few well-chosen words. He hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is.
0: Oh, reminds me of A Few Nights Out. and Oh, dear. Uh, oh, right, yeah, OK. Yeah, yeah. Um, so
1: this... <laughs> So this film is a film noir, basically. It's a new movie. It's a a modern day take on film noir movie making. And I'm not sure if it has fallen out of fashion film noir over the past few decades or what. But the the film genre itself has been instrumental in giving us some of the greatest movies and moments in, in film history ever. So... God bless writer director Guillermo del Toro for going back to that style of filmmaking for his new film, which also it must be said is a remake of the classic film noir movie of the same name from 1947 that I Uh love. I love that film. I think it's great. This one. I love what a film this is. It's a movie with enough slow burn in the first hour to draw you into Stanton Carlisle's life That keeps you interested in what he is doing while he is working at the carnival. I mean, I I found it quite a pleasing experience watching Stanton work his way around the shows, develop his knowledge to see what works and what doesn't. I mean, it also helps that he is a smooth talker and a very good romancer as well. So from the outside, this guy seems a nice enough guy, but slowly the mask starts to slip. We see a very different person start to come out over time. Yes, exactly. So then when Stanton and his girlfriend Molly leave the carnival for bigger things, it suddenly becomes a whole lot more than just swindling a few working class folk out of a dime or two. It becomes like a it's like a fierceness of nonstop working so Stanton can become the greatest. You know, this is a guy who's going to stop at nothing uh, to do. What he wants to do, even if that means tearing down others in his path, including his girlfriend, who is also his stage show partner as well. I mean, so basically, it's a movie about male dominance and how quickly that can change into male toxicity and then how quickly that can change into, well, how quickly it can crumble, basically. You know, the, that crumbling oh, yeah. comes because Stanton develops a friendship with psychiatrist Dr. Liliath Ritter, a woman who he believes is his equal but there's more to her than all of that. And it, what it does is it just builds to this crescendo of a climax that hits all of the sweet spots in terms of terror and drama. It's it's really thrilling as well. You know, it's a movie that slowly builds intensity until you can feel it just pouring off the screen at the same time as Stanton is feeling the intensity himself as well. You're just going, this is, this is incredibly tense." Nice. Um, I I must say that obviously, you know, Guillermo del Toro usually makes monster movies, you know, obviously with monsters in it and, you know, things. Um, I mean, this is still a monster movie, but here the monster is one man. You know, this person is ambitious and devious. He's going to stop at nothing to take his act to the next level and then beyond if it means hurting and alienating people who love him. I mean, it really does pick apart the fra- fragile male ego. And then some, you know, it's, it, there's so much to revel in this movie. And you know when they say they don't make him like they used to anymore? Well, <laughs> we'll point them in the direction of Nightmare Alley because this is both old-timey film noir and also modern day neo-noir all wrapped up into this stunning piece of filmmaking that you don't think is really doing too much until you realize you're getting so you're you're getting so emotional you're getting so intense about it you know you're getting everything about it so here's the thing with this movie though i I finished watching that and i thought you know rightly so this movie is going to be highly praised now and I think it's going to be one of the underdogs in in the awards categories, certainly. It'd be nice to see it nominated. Yeah. But I Thanks think so. in 10 years' time, 15 years' time, something like that, this film will be seen as a pivotal moment in modern-day studio filmmaking that basically opened the door for more film noir, neo-noir movies to come back into the fold, basically. So... You know, I, I think... It's making it fashionable again. Yeah, making it fashionable again. You're right. Yes, absolutely. So I, I fully expect this film to already find an audience now. You know, anybody who loves Guillermo del Toro, I mean, I do, I'm a huge fan of his, will love this um, because it has all of the touches of del Toro put in there. But I think over the years, it's going to keep finding an audience. You know, another year it will find an audience, and then another year it will find an audience. So it's not... It's not going to be the immediate brilliance that Guillermo del Toro gives us with something like Pan's Labyrinth. Um, instead, this is going to be something that people will love now, but over time, I think it's going to find its place. You know, it's going to last longer than 99% chore, of the like movies that whiskey. we review over this year. That's the thing about it. That's the thing about this movie.
0: Brilliant. Great cast in this, by the look at it.
1: Fantastic. You know, Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Runa Mare, um, who else is in there? Ron Perlman as well. You know, I mean, Guillermo del Toro puts together an amazing cast anyway. Um But it's not about the cast. That's the thing. It's about the story. And he, he knows story. how to pick a story
0: like nobody. Brilliant. Amazing. So Nightmare Alley, uh, you'd say, was... was... As much of a dream as a nightmare.
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's the nightmare Guillermo del Toro wants us all to have.
0: (laughs) Awesome. In cinemas now, both of the films we've just reviewed. Both
1: in cinemas, yes, absolutely.
0: Excellent. Well, uh, thank you so much, Mark. We've got another film to do for our podcast listeners, a little taste of what are we doing in the podcast for another extra film.
1: We're going to talk about a movie that is just set in one room. And he's just starring four actors. That's it.
0: (gasps) Sounds like the show. (laughs) There's actually only two so far. (laughs) Also, we'll do that. And uh, what you got for us next week?
1: So next week, okay, so next week we are going to be talking about the new Pedro Moldovar film. It's called Parallel Mothers, stars Penelope Cruz. Uh, We're also going to be talking about Boss Baby 2. Oh, it's back! It's back! He's back! He's back! And Brilliant. he's got somebody with him as well. So uh, yes, we'll be talking about those.
0: Excellent. Bring your own. Um, I don't know, babies.
1: Now bring bring your own small suits because that's what he wears. He always wears that small suit. He does. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: If Alan Sugar's ever seen the likeness? Yes, <laughs> <it has. laughs> yes, yes. There, there
1: is a hint of a resemblance there, isn't there?
0: <laughs> definitely Mark um, for our FM listeners I'll see you next week or catch you on the podcast to discuss four people one room and one film
1: will do with Stuart Pink and Mark Seaby. film
0: reviews and movie news still with me four people one room and we have a uh, uh, have a film to discuss in the room, except certainly me and you, unless you want to assume two more identities, we could do that.
1: Uh, no, no, too dangerous, no. far too dangerous that we'll is. We'll leave them
0: where they are. Yes, absolutely, <laughs>
1: absolutely. Uh, so we've got a film called Mass, which is on Sky Cinema this week. It is about two couples who come together to discuss the discuss the aftermath of a violent tragedy. Uh, mm. Get your tissues ready for this one, because it's an emotional ride. It really is. Yeah. I mean, the subject in the film isn't initially said in a, in a direct fashion, and that's why I didn't want to say it either when I was just talking about it. So for quite a while, I was trying to figure out what the four people were actually talking about. I mean, I had a good Never. guess based on the dialogue, but I yeah. didn't get as close to what the events were as what I thought I would. So the film very much unfolds in a slow way. Yet when it does get heavy, it becomes a I think it becomes a difficult watch as we see these four grieving people struggle in very different ways. And the more time they spend in this room together, they they open up. So sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. There is that question of whether this is a cathartic experience for them or is it their chance to finally rage on the others as well and i think the film deliberately alternates between both i mean it certainly draws you in to every single piece of dialogue they're saying you know even the silences is is saying something in this film because you can feel the tension from the start it's a movie that starts with a lot of tension and only gets more and more as it's played out basically um I do think it's very much a play put on camera, and you know while it isn't yeah, actually a it feels play, like that. yeah, exactly. So I mean, you've seen the trailer and you think, well, this is, clearly it's a play. I mean, it isn't a play; it isn't officially a play. It's, it went straight to you know, it was actually written and directed by Frank Kranz, who is actually an actor, um, so knows all the ins and outs of this sort of one-room play-style film because this is how yeah. rehearsals for some of his film roles would have been conducted. Um, I, oh, okay. I, you know yeah. the film can't get away from it being very much a one room almost chamber piece however because of the slow moving camera sometimes because of the soft dialogue it does feel like we the viewer are encroaching in on the room and just sort of watching and listening I mean it's, it's hard not to want to lean in more or even get up and hug one of them you know it's that type of film That's the thing with this really Um, brings you in. Yeah. Also, I will say it's an actor's film. And what I mean by that is it's a film where actors are truly acting. You know, they they only have dialogue to use. There's no actions. There's no locations behind behind. It's four actors in a room around a table. They just have dialogue and emotions. That's all they've got. Um,
0: there's no special effects and explosions. Th- there's nothing. In,
1: uh, there's nothing at CGI. all. So this is what I'm saying is that, you know, there are <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah. actors out there who would it's love lovely. to do something like this. Absolutely. And there's actors out there who would hate it because they don't have anything to hide behind. I will say all four of the actors in this are really good. Uh, Reed Bernay and and Dowd are fantastic. However, I think the film belongs... Together and also separately, that sounds weird, I know, but when you see the film, you'll understand, uh, to Jason Isaacs and Martha Plimpton, because they give such tragic yet brilliant performances in their own ways and yet together as well, because they're one of the couples. Um, You know, I, I just it's the way that Martha Plimpton holds in so much emotion that you can. She, she's wanting to let it out. And the only way she's letting it out on camera, the only way you see it is like a, a ripple on a, a forehead or on her lips or something like that. And then later on she explodes. Yeah. And, you know, Jason so Isaacs subtle. explodes early on. And then all of a sudden, you know, it slowly changes. So it's slowly changed. So it's all really well done. As is, as I said, the, the the actors are really acting here. I know that sounds strange again, but what I'm saying is, They've they've got to be at the top of their game. There is nowhere to hide here because yeah. the camera is trained on all four of them all the way through this movie. Um, so it, it, this is a tough movie. Don't get me wrong. It's a really tough movie. However, I do think it is a worthwhile movie. I really do. Because not only you get in a really interesting piece of filmmaking because as i said you're not too sure what the 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 violent tragedy is at first it's it's only because it's slowly pieced together so you get that but then you get these four actors just absolutely going at it um and it was just it was it was quite mesmerising to me to watch them. But as I said, really tough mm. movie. I had to have a break afterwards. You know, I had to come down from it because, as I said, the intensity is there, but also the subject matter is very heavy as well.
0: Yeah. So is it all filmed in in one room, all in this one sort of uh, scene?
1: Just about. Yeah. I mean, it's top and tailed with uh, them entering the room and them exiting the room. So you know, there's about. 10 15 minutes yeah. either side of them in and out of the room, basically, and, and meeting a couple of other people along the way. But the majority of the movie is in this one room four chairs, four people sat around a circular table with a plant in the middle. That's it, like that's it, wow. you know. So, as I said, nowhere to hide, literally, nowhere to nice. hide.
0: Intense stuff, yeah, yeah. Awesome. I think in the trailer, they, they may have slipped what, what kind of happened or what, what led them to be there. But I like the thought, if you don't watch the trailer, that'd be a good tip. Yeah, um, exactly. And but go uh, into this blind.
1: You see, it's interesting you say that in the trailer that they, they let slip. I, I, even then, even if they did, you still you still don't get the struggles and the intensity that they go through, even if you knew it from the start. So if I knew it from the start, I would still be saying the same things. Apart from the fact that I knew what the the tragedy is. Yeah. The rest of it still, it's still to
0: discover it all.
1: Yeah, it the the rest of it is still there. You know, it takes nothing away
0: from the movie at all. Awesome. So mass. Um certainly not a mass gathering to film, uh, but but no. it's gonna do massively
1: well at the awards? Um do you know, that's a good question. I'm not sure really. I think it's a little bit too too small a movie, you know. um, I thought they might like something like this. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen,
0: I'm in agreement.
1: Yeah, I'm in agreement, you know, but I think it's probably too small a movie uh, to really stand out against, obviously, some of the big hitters, you know, especially the two that we've just reviewed as well. Um, So I think this is going to be one of those movies that in years to come, you're going to see interviews with any of the actors and they're going to turn around and they're going to say something like, you know, one of the best experiences of, my acting career was making mass because of
0: yeah the dream role
1: because of you know the fact that they went through so many emotions they had to find the character there was as i said nowhere to hide it is really them on camera giving their ultimate best because it needs to be done like that so i think years to come you're going to hear from you know somebody like jason isaacs who said it's one of the best experiences
0: Excellent. So this is out uh, at or uh, So it's in demand? select cinemas,
1: but it's also on Sky Cinema as well. So if you've got a Sky Cinema, you can watch it from
0: the comfort uh-huh. of your
1: own home. Excellent.
0: And watch them in the comfort of their, well, discomfort. Well, of yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's
1: right. Yeah, discomfort. The discomfort <laughs> of that one room. Yes, absolutely.
0: Nice. Well, Mark, thank you so much. We shall discuss Boss Baby and what was your next week? Parallel uh, Parallel Mothers. Parallel mothers and their parallel boss babies. Next week. (laughs) Next week. See you there. Cheers. Film reviews and movie news with Stuart
1: Pink and Mark Seabee.
0: Thanks for listening to film reviews and movie news. We've been doing this podcast for years now. We've watched hundreds of films and some of them were actually quite good. For even more reviews, Or to get next week's film reviews and movie news delivered directly to your device, pop along to stuartpink.com forward slash reviews.
1: With Stuart Pink and Mark Searby.
0: Film reviews and movie news.